Sinners and Saints, dust off those horns and halos. It's time for Alec After Dark. I just gotta ask, is it Dick 30 yet? Happy hour can't get here soon enough. Wow, God, what a week and a half has it been in the good old Bible Belt with the winter weather. I got 10 inches, and I'm not talking about getting dicked down. We had that much snow on the ground, along with ice on top, ice underneath. Do you know what happens in a city that only has like two snow plows and three salt trucks? You wind up stranded. I am suffering from cabin fever, the likes that no one has ever known. The only time it would have been worse would have been during COVID. But I was one of the few lucky ones. Well, I won't say lucky. I was lucky in the sense that I wasn't locked in the house. I was kind of forced to go work in the office, but I was by myself. So sometimes I pretended like I was king of a nation and I would do my Evita wave, looking down over the break room, the cafeteria, if you want to call it that. But this time, I had tickets to see Wicked, okay? I had to get out of here. And if it meant mountain climbing across 10 inches of snow and ice, I was going to do it. Thankfully, my ass is big enough that it cushioned any falls I had as I was circumnavigating the hill to catch an Uber ride. And that almost got me killed. Sweet Jesus, how you doing, sinners and saints? Are you as anxious and have as much pent-up energy as I do? God help every man in this town tonight. It's going to be wild this weekend. It's going to be crazy because all of us have been cooped up for over a a week. And I think we're just ready to get dicked down or dicked up or partied down or fucked up. I'm just horny, okay? When you wake up in the middle of the night and you're trying to 69 your pillow or or trying to deep throat the the bedpost, my God and baby Jesus, it's it's that bad. I'll just say that honestly and for true. It is that bad. I guess it's a bit ironic, isn't it, that a guy who's single who lives by himself would have cabin fever. You'd think that I could handle it. Well, I think all of us can handle being cooped up for a little while, but when it gets beyond seven, eight, nine, ten days, I think everybody becomes stir-crazy. Let's face it, it's not the easiest thing to look at yourself in a mirror and be horrified every morning and every evening and in between. Some mornings, it looked like I'd done push-ups without using my hands, just smashing my face against the floor. That's life, though, isn't it? It is interesting being a single person, and I wonder, I'll ask this to all you other single people that live by themselves. Do you create your own language? Do you wind up talking and having conversations when you're home? I'll be honest, I do. I do. It's so funny. I think about it sometimes, and I've often wondered if I should just record myself and just see what all I say because I think it would be a hoot and a half. And I'll probably do that sometime. You know, when you forget that the microphone is on and it's recording and just see 
what pops out. I think that's just one of the mechanisms of a single person uses. Well, as a way of keeping yourself company, it may be just one of those characteristics of being a single person who doesn't have a roommate. It's a method maybe of just filling the void of silence. Not that I don't like the silence, but sometimes talking is soothing. And as far as having my own language, I think that's just kind of fun. It's just a product of your sense of humor. It's a way of making fun of yourself and laughing at yourself when nobody else is around to do it. I know some people have pets. They have a dog or a cat or a boa constrictor or a prostitute. I don't know, something like that. But some of us don't. I don't even have a plant anymore. I have artificial plants. Does that count? Maybe that was an incentive to do the podcast. So I can talk and record it here and talk to all of you and it not seem so crazy. Even though I don't think talking to yourself or carrying on conversation while you're doing chores or maybe showering or whatever. I guess some people sing in the shower. That would be a nightmare on Elm Street for me because I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. But I guess I should clarify that before one of you call health services in to have me taken away. What I'm saying is if I'm cooking or if I trip and fall, they'll say something to the effect of, well, you just tripped, you idiot. Stop doing that, you, you moron. It's not like you're carrying a conversation two-sided. It's always one-sided for me. And the voices in my head never respond back. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. They just sneeze and cough sometimes. They don't really talk at all. What? What are you talking about? Oh my goodness, you're calling health services right now, aren't you? It has been a rough week and a half. Just because there is a feeling of being isolated. And I was chatting with some friends by text and and on social media. We had nights. There was one night when the temperature was two degrees below zero. And we had like three nights of of that whole storm that we were in the single digits as far as the temperature goes. It was absolutely miserable. During that time frame, the battery on my car died. And being a single person... Sometimes you take for granted things like your car, your mobility, for example. You really feel vulnerable when you aren't able to move, to go to the supermarket, to do anything. You feel like you are almost being victimized by nature, by circumstance. I know that for me, yes, I still feel vulnerable But I also know that I can think of ways to get myself out of that situation. It just sucks sometimes. But for me, that is not a reason to jump into a relationship or to date anyone. I have Uber, Lyft. I have shopping apps and everything else that can be delivered to my house. I guess I am turning into Frida Claxton from the Golden Girls, aren't I? Even though right now I'm so horny... I got turned on when I stuck a Q-tip in my ear. So really, I'm Blanche Devereaux, not Frida Claxton. I tell you what, I feel almost as excited as I used to feel when I was younger, heading to the club on a Friday or Saturday night with that anticipation of what could happen. Maybe I would find a hot guy to have a one-night stand with. Maybe I would find... Mr. Wright, I mean, you never know. 
that's the feeling I'm having today as I'm getting ready to go to happy hour. I have been cooped up so long. I'm talking about almost two weeks that I just need to be around other people. And I can't wait to see friends. Texting and, and social media are not the same as that human connection. And boy, it is interesting for me to be talking about things like that since I am happily single and have no desire to have anybody up in my house. I don't want anybody around me at certain times of the night or day or weekend. So I guess maybe that's the that's the alternative, right? Going to the club, that negates any possibility of someone being in my house. It satisfies all those needs without compromising my own principles. I don't think that's the right word, but we're going to use that word for for this purpose. That's what it's like to be uniquely human, though, too, isn't it? None of us are the same. Like I think I'd mentioned before, I think we've talked about it before, but I have friends. Well, I have a couple. I've lost touch with them now. But back then, in the days when I was actively seeking one-night stands and sexual adventures, I had a friend who... It just seemed like he had to have a boyfriend. He had to have someone at his beck and call. He was dating all the time. I can remember when he literally broke up with one guy in the morning, and that afternoon he had a new boyfriend. He always had a boyfriend. He could not go without one. And it wasn't like necessarily that he cared for these people, but... It was about calming that fear he had of being single. I mean, is there a phobia? Is there? Somebody needs to look that up. I'll look it up after a while. I don't, I'm sure there is. There's a, there's a name for everything. There's a phobia for everything. So why wouldn't there be one for that? I'm just saying. It reminds me of this story of a guy that I met at Carousel. And I'm going to, I won't use his real name, but I will give away a nickname that he had that he was not aware of, but I don't think anybody that would be listening to the podcast would even know who I'm talking about. And anybody that I knew from that time frame, they're not listening either. So I don't think I'm going to expose him in any way, shape or form after this much time has passed, but I think I've mentioned that I really do love gingers. I love redheaded men. It's just one of my things, you know. We all have those preferences, and one of my preferences is gingers. Although some of my friends, the ones who do call me Blanche Devereaux, say that I only have one preference, and that's men. I can't really disagree with that. But anyway, gingers redheads hold a special place in my heart prince harry seth fornia the porn star oh god he's just mm, just delicious and a few that i know well the guy that i met at carousel that night he was a ginger he was a redhead and i've mentioned it before but i do like stockier guys bigger built guys that's just one of my things almost like a football player type, and this guy was. And I'm not even sure, I can't really remember that first time we actually talked, but 
for him, he was a confusing type of person for me. He was very much an enigma. He was very, he was a mystery. He was hard to read. His nickname that he got from other guys at the club, people that I knew, we would be standing around talking, drinking, and maybe even standing at the railing, looking down at the dance floor. And somebody would look over and they would say, oh, there's yo. And I'd look at him. I'm like, what do you mean? There's yo. I just thought, okay, maybe that's his real nickname or something. It wasn't until I guess a few weeks later that I was out in the parking lot heading home and I saw him get into one of these small Toyota pickup trucks and he had painted the the tailgate. He had painted it so that only the Y and the O were showing. So it said yo on the back of his truck. So that's where that came from. But I didn't really know that until at that point. And he and I had not talked. But for whatever reason, one night he and I did come together. He was drunk and he said something to the effect of, you want to screw around? And hell's bells, yeah, I did. I wasn't going to let him come home with me. Actually, he didn't even offer. He said, I, I live a good distance away from here. Do you mind driving? And of course I said, no, I don't. Now, normally if I thought that I was, that this was a risk, I have, you know, that inner voice inside me would say, you're not doing this. I didn't have that. It didn't happen this time. I felt like he really wanted to, you know, have a one night stand, hook up, have sex. So I'm following him and I realized that we're leaving town and we're going basically up toward the mountains. And he is leading us, I don't know, it was just strange. It was like out into this field and I'm like, what in the hell? And he had this small little trailer, a camper out in this field. It was really nice. It was a beautiful warm night and the sky was beautiful and it was a little odd and I should have had some hesitation, but I didn't. So we go into this little camper and we were fooling around and I quickly could tell that he didn't like kissing. And it just made me realize kind of quickly that he wasn't comfortable with himself, even though he, in my eyes, had a beautiful body worth me licking him from head to toe. So I was the instigator. I was the one initiating the physical contact. Not that he was resisting. We were still touching and rubbing against each other. And I suddenly realized as I was positioning myself into a 69, you all know what that is, that all he would do would touch me. He would do nothing else. So basically, I was able to get him off and I had to get myself off. I'm thinking about that now with more open eyes, if you will. But then I didn't think anything much about it. It just seemed like maybe he was new to being gay. What do they call it? A baby gay? And he just didn't know. Maybe he wanted to learn. And I hate saying it like that. He wanted the experience. Maybe he wanted to experience things besides watching porn or whatever. So it was a it was a nice experience. It was nice. I spent the night there in the camper with him and we slept and he had his arm over me and it was quite nice. At morning, I, I said, I have to go because I had a much longer drive back home. And he basically offered me 
or have a good day, I'll see you later, something to that effect. And after that, I would see him at the club. Sometimes we would talk, sometimes we wouldn't. One other time, he asked me to come up to that camper, and I did. And it was the same thing. He would touch, but he wouldn't do anything else. All he would do was basically let me get him off, and I would get myself off. Then one night at the club, I saw him with this other guy, and they were actually holding hands. And I was like, kind of stunned. I didn't know that he was seeing anybody. And I thought, well, I thought I might have been the one. And I knew that he had feelings for me in his own way. Now, on that first time before I left, I did give him my phone number, but he didn't give me his. (sighs) Here I am at the club having a good time. And I see him with this other guy and he's actually holding hands with him. And so I kind of just let it go. I would see them together uh, off and on several different times over the next couple of months or whatever. And then out of the blue on a Sunday, I get a call and it's him. It's Yo. And he says, hey. And I could tell he had already been drinking. And he was like, why don't you come up to, to my apartment? And I'm like, really? It's it's Sunday. And he said, well, my apartment, it's a little bit farther out from where the camper is. I live in town. I finally gave in and said, okay, I'm on my way. And he said, if you have any liquor or anything, can you bring that too? And I'm like, well, yeah, sure. When I was heading up to his apartment, I had all these thoughts running through my head that maybe this was a sign that He was interested in a relationship. He wanted to be more than just a hookup. At that time in my life, I really was looking for a boyfriend, a relationship. I really thought that that was going to be my future. So the closer that I got to his apartment, the more excited I became because I really thought that this was an indication that he really wanted more with me. It meant something that he could have called any guy but he called me. He wanted me. So I make the trek and it's like 70 minutes or 80 minutes. It's almost like it's it's an hour and a half almost, it feels like, a drive to this apartment. And when I get there, he has two of his cousins are there. One a guy, one a girl. And I was a bit surprised by that. And I just didn't know how to take this. So they had been partying all day by the time I got there, and I did bring a bottle of gin that I had, and we were having a good time. Kind of fell into this party atmosphere, listening to music and drinking and stuff. I just happened to look over at one point, and he had my bottle of gin, and he turned it up and drank it like he was drinking soda or drinking water. And I was really surprised. I finally realized then that he had a drinking problem, a significant one. But it seemed like when he got that drunk, he let his guard down. Actually, we were smoking some weed too, and we we needed to get some more wrapping paper for the weed. Yo said, why don't you and my cousin go to the store and get some? And I'm like, okay. So I went along with his cousin and we went to the store to get these papers to wrap the weed that we could smoke. So the cousin, who was very nice, he was a very nice person, he just suddenly says, you're gay, aren't you? I kind of figured it out earlier, but you're gay, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, I am. 
And he, he's like, well, that, that means that my cousin's gay, right? And I'm like, you need to ask him these questions, not me. He goes, it's okay, because I'm bisexual myself. And I'm like, no, I'm not getting into that. You, If you have questions about sexuality, you need to ask him, not me. He was like, hey, dude, it's fine. I don't, I don't mind. I just wish he would just come on out of the closet and stuff. And I'm like, well, whatever. Just ask him about it. I have nothing to say about that situation. Anyway, we had we got off that subject and we were just talking about basic stuff. And he was asking me about sucking dick and things like that. And I guess under the influence, I was telling him. And I could see that he was popping a woody. But anyway, we get back to the apartment and, you know, we're still drinking and, and chilling and some weed. And the his cousin, the female cousin, she decided to go to bed. And the three of us were still up. And we were kind of sitting in the, the dining area of the apartment. And I had my foot, I was resting my feet up on the chair that Yo was sitting in and he had his legs spread and my feet were right there at his dick between his legs. And we were just chatting and all of a sudden he just said, kiss me. And I leaned in and I kissed him right in front of the cousin. So if he had any reservations about coming out, he was kind of showing himself right there. Finally, I said, I'm really tired. I'd like to go to bed. And I said, I guess I'll sleep on the couch. And Yo said, "Uh, no, you can sleep with me in my room. I was really surprised by that. So I said, are you sure? And he said, yeah, I'm sure. So I did. And so when we went into his bedroom, Immediately on the nightstand, I noticed a picture of him with a little girl. He noticed that I noticed the picture, and he said, that's my daughter. And I'm really upset over it because my ex-wife is trying to prevent me from having any visitation rights with her at all. And I realized immediately that it was because he was gay that could be used against you, especially in Tennessee back then, to keep you from seeing your child. They basically would label a gay man the equivalent of a pedophile when it comes to custody arrangements for your children. So I knew then that there was a significant reason why he was in the closet and why he was so resistant to his true feelings. The next day, I got up and left and said my goodbyes to all of them and wished them well, and that was it. For the next month or two, I didn't hear a word from Yo or see him out. And the next time I saw him, the guy that he was at the club with holding hands was there too. And the guy he was with, I'll call him Bobby, all of a sudden came barreling right toward me. And he just said, congratulations, bitch, he's all yours. And went on, I'm like, well, fuck, hell's bells. I went over to him and I was like, hey. And he just kind of glanced at me and went, hey. And I kind of laughed and said, what's the matter? You don't remember me? And he, he turned and he was like glaring. His eyes were almost red with rage. And he said, yeah, I fucking remember you. And I was shocked. I said, what, what, what is it? You fucking told my cousin that I was gay. And I was, I, and I had to tell him, I said, I did not tell your cousin you were gay. I told him he needed to talk to you. Well, that's the same goddamn thing. 
And maybe he was right. Maybe it was. But what was I supposed to do in that situation? I don't know. So I realized right then that he hated me, that that whole situation must have made it worse. And so while he was coming to a gay bar, he wasn't about to have anything to do with me or the guy that he was supposedly dating who seemed to hate me too. Well, the guy he was dating sort of had a reason to not like me. You all know, I don't think I've ever tried to imply that I'm an angel. I'm not. I can be as big a bitch as anybody in the world. And especially when I'm drinking and I'm angry, it's a bad combination for me. So one night I was with friends and the guy I will call Bobby walked by and I just said out loud, I can't believe yo dumped me for that trash. And he heard it. He didn't say anything, but that night when he confronted me there and said he was all mine, I knew why he was acting that way. Did he deserve my my wrath or my insult? No, not his fault at all. But I was young, I was drunk, and I'm a stupid bitch. I blamed the wrong person for the situation, and I think a lot of us do. It's our own stupidity there. So basically, that destroyed any connection I had with him, at least I thought. And over the next few months, I would see him off and on. And then one night, he came in and I noticed on his hands, do you remember when I talked about how the club, when you'd pay your cover charge, they would put a stamp on the back of your hand? Well, if you were 18 to 21, you could come into the bar, the club, and you just couldn't drink. And they did a special mark on your hand so that they would know, the bartenders would know not to serve you, and you could not get it off at least for for a few hours anyway. Well, that night that I saw Yo, he had two big X's on his hands, which I realized meant that he was allowed to come in, but he was not allowed to drink because they knew that he was an alcoholic, that he had a drinking problem. He looked defeated and humiliated. That's the same thing as a scarlet letter. It, it revealed him to everybody as being an alcoholic. A drunk and people are most unkind to anybody who might have a problem or is different than everybody else so after that time I never saw him again I wonder about him sometimes I still was attracted to him he was attractive to a lot of guys there and I wonder what happened with him for him I envision a life of being single, but his life being lonely because he had so much else to lose, like his daughter that he so dearly loved, that being single, being lonely in his case, was forced upon him. He didn't have a choice. Mine is by choice, mostly, but I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm not even looking to date anybody, so I don't have to worry about that part. I'm not sure, why did that, why did this subject come up? I don't know. I guess because I've been thinking about him a lot this week. I guess in some ways, I miss him. And I wish I could make it better for him. I do owe him an apology, even though I felt like I handled the situation with his cousin as best I could. And I could have reminded him that he kissed, he wanted me to kiss him in front of his cousin, which would have given it away too, but I didn't. So... That was a very messed up situation 
with someone that I hope is now still alive and, and hopefully is living his best life and maybe gets to see his daughter. I hope that the situation for him has gotten better. Thank you for listening to this episode of Alan After Dark. I hope you've had fun. I hope you've been entertained. And I hope you've come away with some interesting tidbits to share with your friends. Remember, take life by the balls and be real. We'll see you soon. Thank you.